0: All right, well, let's get our Bibles out, and let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. And let's go ahead and begin by just standing. Uh, We'll read our text, and then we'll dive right into uh, our fight against the evil one. Doesn't that sound like an exciting way to worship? We will read the word, and then uh, we'll see how to use this in our fight against the evil one. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, Jesus says, Pray then like this, our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. All right. And so we're looking at this deliver us from evil, and when it when it comes to the Lord delivering us from evil, being delivered from evil, what we've seen uh what guides uh, have we seen for this what often people call you know spiritual warfare, I think it's a great a great thing to call I have no no problem with that what we've seen so far we've seen who the evil is that we're facing we've seen that we're facing the evil one who uses his evil ones, these evil agents, to accomplish his task. And we've gotten through all these. So there's this big warfare that we're a part of. We've been pulled out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, which put us in this war. You're in spiritual warfare constantly. There are particular battles, though, that creep up. We've seen how to think of the war. We've seen how to think of the battles. And now, as we're seeing sort of the Lord advance... Uh, his delivering us from evil as he continues to holify us, sanctify us, do those things in us, we're seeing how these. How do we handle these particular battles that we're in. So I understand I'm out of the kingdom of darkness in the kingdom of light. I understand that the evil one hates me. I understand that the evil one is using his evil ones, both spiritual and physical, to assault me, to come after me, to tempt me, to do whatever, to ruin my life however he can. How do I battle those things? What does it look like as you and I face those spiritual battles, and so we looked at how we need to be ready, how we need to wake up, sober up, armor up, do all those things all the time. You'll be doing those things every day. We'll see that a little bit of that uh, again today. Uh, and now, now that we're sort of awake, we're looking at okay, how do I? Now that I know this, these battles are taking place. Now that I know what's going on, what do I do? Uh, and and we talked about not giving the devil an opening, resisting the devil, fleeing from his traps. If you're in a trap, get out of the trap. Uh, If you didn't flee, go ahead and get out of whatever trap you're in. Uh, And then we saw get to work and don't quit. But now uh, we've added to that these last two parts of stand and fight. Okay, So there comes a moment where in our spiritual warfare, it's not just about fleeing. It's not just about getting out of the traps. It's not just about resisting. It's about taking the battle to the evil that, that is coming. us. killing your sin, right? It's about taking the battle to your sin, uh, about killing the temptation. Uh, and so that's what we've been looking at. We're looking at we looked at last week uh, or the week before last. We looked at what it means to stand, how we stand facing the enemy. Uh, we stand against the enemy. We stand firm. Uh, there we, we're able to do those things because we're confident. We're confident in the Lord and we're confident in the armor he's given us. And so if the Lord is really who he says he is, then I can stand facing my enemy, even if my enemy is the evil one. And if the Lord's armor is really what he says it is, then I can stand facing my enemy, and I can stand against what he brings against me, and I can stand firm. And I know those things are true because I'm confident both in the Lord and in the armor that he's given me. And, and let me just say, men, men especially, do not skip that step. Don't skip the, don't skip the step because as men, we're going to be like, all right, when do we get to the fighting part? Like, we're just ready to fight. Uh, but, but I, I think we, we can't say that we're willing to fight, men, if we're, we're not willing to stand, right? So if, if we've got all these temptations coming at us and we're not standing against them and we're not standing and, 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 and meeting them head on, don't act like you're ready to start fighting, right? If you're not even standing. So the first thing you've got to do is make sure you're standing against the temptation, right? That you're facing against it. Uh, and, and standing firm, and then, then we start fighting. So that's what, now we're looking at what it means to fight. Uh, last week we saw we fight because the Lord calls us to fight. The Lord calls us soldiers. He enlists us soldiers. Look at that verse again today. Uh, we saw that the Lord equips us to fight. The Lord commands us to fight. Uh, and then we saw that the Lord encourages us in the fight. So all of those reasons are reasons that you should fight. So we know, we know we're supposed to stand, just so we know we were supposed to fight. We know we're supposed to stand, and then we looked at how we stand. Well, last week we looked at we know we're supposed to fight. This week we're going to look at, well, how do I fight? How do I fight spiritually against these things? What does it look like to fight against the evil one? What does that look like? How does the Bible tell us? Okay, the Lord tells us we're soldiers. He equips us for battle. But then what does it look like when we battle? What does that war look like? And so let's look at uh, a couple passages to see how we fight. You can turn to Timothy. And I say Timothy because we're going to be in 1st and 2nd Timothy. So go ahead and flip over there. It's uh, right after your Thessalonians. Uh, So you can get right over there. Find your T sections. uh, Thessalonians and Timothy and Titus. And beginning 2 Timothy chapter 4. They you 2 Timothy chapter 4, and then we're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. But So the end of, uh, of Timothy's, uh, or Paul's letters to Timothy here, and then in the, in the beginning. 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. In fact, Paul says, after he says he's kept this, uh, or, or fought the, the good fight, so we, we see in, in 1 Timothy, he, he, what did he tell Timothy. He said, 1 Timothy chapter 118, this I charge, uh, I, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So fight the good fight, wage the good warfare. Well, what does that, what is a good fight? So there are, there are fights and then there are good fights. What makes a good fight? We don't want to just fight. We want to we do the good fight. And what does it mean to wage the good warfare? How do we do that? What is his guidance in how to fight? What is his guidance in fighting well, fighting the good fight, waging the good warfare? So I went and I looked up all the verses uh, in the Bible about the people of God and and their fight against evil and sort of to create for us a a guidebook for fighting evil. Uh, A guidebook for fighting evil here. uh, uh, How you and I, how the church is meant to fight. And surprise... The typical church fights, uh, I didn't get my way, no one likes me, I don't like the color of the carpet, none of those are in there. Right? Uh, when we're looking at what is the good fight, those those aren't uh, those aren't uh, aren't in that list. So if you're wanting to know when's it going to get to the part about uh, my favorite type of music or uh, the way the pastor stands or the way these people look at me or whatever, you're not going to find those. But you're going to find a lot about the good fight. You're going to talk a lot about the good warfare that the church is supposed to be involved in. And I I bring that up because the sad reality is churches are known for fights. They're just not known for good ones. Churches are known, sadly, to be a place of warfare, just not the good warfare. And it's become a joke. I made a joke about the carpet, and we all laugh, because we know that's true not that we need new carpet we all know that uh but we do know that people will fight and be offended about those sorts of things those i wouldn't even say tertiary issues those issues of preference but people are christians are willing to fight but not willing to fight the good fight and it's sad that we as believers and churches are known for our fights but not for the good fight we're known to be a place of warfare but not the good warfare and so what we're going to do is show you how we fight against evil, because I think the reason we're fighting those fights is because we're actually losing the big one. We're actually losing the fight against evil uh, and, and convincing ourselves that these other fights are actually the fights that we need to have. That's because we've lost several steps, st- several steps back. Uh, we've lost the battle and we're now all just committing friendly fire and we think that we're doing a, a good thing. So how can we make sure that we never become a place like that? How can we make sure that we not only don't become a place like that? It's not like we just don't want the First Baptist Church of Eggs to be like those churches. We don't want that. But how can we not only make sure we don't become like that, but instead become what those are supposed to be? The church is supposed to be a place of fighting. It's supposed to be a place of warfare, but the good fight, waging war against sin. I mean, you've got to realize, I mean, there are, there are the, the demonic are listening to the sermon right now. The demonic world is listening to the seeds that are being planted right now and the devil wants to come and take those seeds and rip them out before they take root in your heart. You may not listen to the sermon today, but I know this. The demons are listening to every word that we preach here. Every word that we speak. And they would want nothing more than for you to not pay attention in your fight and for them to be able to take those seeds and rip them out of the soil before they do anything. So we're in a fight. We just want to be in a good one. We're in a war. We just want to fight well. So what does that look like? Let's see what the scriptures, uh, the scriptures tell us. What guidance does the Lord give us in fighting uh, uh, well? Well, the, the, the first rule uh, for fighting, right? The first rule of fight club uh, here against the evil ones are uh, we have to use the right equipment, okay? So the good fight requires us to use the right equipment equipment. Now we've talked a little about this equipment, but when I was going through and looking at the fighting, I thought, well, I've got to bring this, bring this back up. So turn to Ephesians 6. Let's read this again with the mindset of, okay, I, I know I'm supposed to do these things, but how do I fight? Let's read Ephesians 6 and the idea of why we have this armor and what we're supposed to be doing with it. So, so in the fight, God tells, so Ephesians 6 down in verse 10, We've got the fight. God tells us that the equipment that we use in the fight matters. God doesn't just tell us to fight. He equips us for the fight. So so the equipment that we use matters, but we also need to make sure that we, not just that we have the equipment, but that we're using the equipment rightly. Okay? We don't just want to be people who have on the uniforms. Right? We're not just decorative soldiers. We haven't just been armored up so we can walk around in sort of uh, paladin-like splendor uh, and say, look at how amazing I am. We are meant, God gives us the armor to use it, to use it the right way. So let's look at the armor again with the idea of how am I supposed to be using this? So look at Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly in all words to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So God here in Ephesians 6 and telling us about the spiritual fight that we are in, not the spiritual fight that we might get in, but the fact we we are in this fight telling us about this spiritual fight that we are in, tells us that the equipment he gives us is important in that fight. So to fight right, we have to make sure that we're fighting in and with the equipment that God gives us. And and, and that with is important. Because I think one thing that, that has happened in Ephesians 6, and in our understanding of the armor of God, like I said last week, is we start to see the armor of God as a defensive tool. That the purpose of the armor of God is is, is just to keep to just to sort of allow us to hold our ground. And that's not how the armor of God is used. It's not how the armor of God was used previously in scripture. Because so remember, these people, when he mentions a breastplate of righteousness, a helmet of salvation, they know what he's referencing in Isaiah. So turn to Isaiah 59 and we'll see how the armor of God is used. Because God's gonna say, I'm giving you my armor. And it's going to contain these, these pieces of armor, and you're going, I know that armor. I know that armor. And you run to your scroll, and it's the scroll of Isaiah, so it's a huge scroll. Now imagine trying to find chapter 59 in that, uh, and you're scrolling and scrolling. That's, that's actually good scrolling. Uh, and you're scrolling and scrolling to get to Isaiah 59. Look how the armor of God is used in Isaiah 59. So God gives us this right armor, but we've got to use it the right way. We're meant to fight not just in the armor that he's given us, but with the armor that he's given us. Look at verse 17, Isaiah 59, we're 17 through 19. He put on righteousness as a breastplate. I just saw that in Ephesians 6. And a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, so he will repay wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies, to the coastlands he will render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. So he's here. God God puts on... His armor, the armor that he gives, he puts on his armor in order to take it to the enemy. He doesn't put on his armor. God didn't say 59. is like, I looked. There's no one around. There's no righteousness. Everyone's doing wrong. And so I put on armor so I don't fall too. Right? And I put on my armor because I'm like, whoa, things are really bad. I better put on armor so I can close my eyes and take it. That's not what he does. The Lord uses his puts on his armor so that he might take it to the enemy. Which then, when the Lord tells us in Ephesians six, "Hey, I'm giving you my armor." Reading about that armor in Isaiah fifty nine, which is why we need to understand that the armor of the Lord has that. If, if we're going if we're going to fight against our sin, we've got to see that the armor of the Lord is given to us so that we might fight against our sin. Might just not just be afraid of our sin. So if we're going to not just survive against our sin, but slay our sin, that's what the armor of God is for. The armor of God is not just to keep us from becoming unholy, but to drive us to be more holy. The armor of God isn't given us just to keep us from going backwards. It's to give us the strength to push forward. It's to give us the strength to take it to the teeth of the enemy, even in a world of unrighteousness. The armor of God is not given to his people to wage a defensive war. It is to protect us from the death throes of the enemy, even as we batter the gates of hell with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the armor he gives us to confidently take on the strongholds and know that we can destroy them. To march to the gates of hell that we know will not prevail and to do that in our personal lives to do that in our marriages to do that in our nation to do that in every square inch of heart and ground in God's creation that's what the armor of God is for and so when we fight if we're going to fight against if we're going to fight against the evil one and his evil ones we have to remember the armor and the purpose of the armor or we'll fight wrong to begin with to fight right we have to have the armor on and we have to have the sword ready you cannot fight well without the armor of God again if we try we're just going to end up like those sons of Sceva that we talked about so we must fight in and with the armor of God and that's important there's a recognition in that one there's a recognition of humility there is a humility to that he is our strength if you don't need the armor of God, then you're saying, I don't need the Lord. He, the, the, the reality of the reason you put on the armor of God is, you know, I'm gonna, I can destroy strongholds. We can destroy strongholds. We can, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Why? Not just because of us, but because of we have the power of God. Because the Lord is with us. There, there, there's no fighting well without fighting in the recognition that you can't do any of this on your own. So there's a humility to putting on the armor, to fighting. I've got to put on the armor of God. But when I put on the armor of God, I know it's worth. There's a humility in that. I can't do this on my own. But there's also a confidence because you are not on your own. And the armor of God reminds you of that. You're not just making your own armor. You're not crafting your own armor. You're not doing your own thing. You don't have your own strategy to fight the evil one. You don't say, I know what will really help in this world. You, know, you got this going on. I think good armor against that is to make my mind think this way. and I think an armor against that is to do this. Now, the armor of God is what is going to give you confidence. It's his armor. It will enable you to, to win. So you've got armor. It's not you. It's his. Uh, but you got it. All right? there's, so there's a humility, but also a Confidence. So you've got it, now wear it and remember why you are wearing it. So you put on the armor of God and you remember, I put on this armor. This armor is meant not to just be a defensive mechanism to protect me. This is armor so that it protects me as I am advancing the gospel in my life, uh, in the world around me, in my family, whatever it is. As Satan is throwing flaming darts at me, uh, I know that the armor of God will, will protect me. So the first thing we've got to have is the armor of the Lord and the right equipment. We've got to have the armor of God, but we can't talk about fighting, of course, without talking about uh, our offensive tool in the armor of the Lord, which is the sword. Right? So we've got this armor, but we're not just sort of bull rushing, uh, the gates of hell. You know, we're not just putting on our helmets like battering rams, uh, and just, oh, and just, you know, sort of charging through. The Lord does give us a particularly offensive, uh, weapon, uh, which is the sword. Look down in verse 17. Uh, the sword, it says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So you've got a sword. That sword is the Bible. So to fight well, we must fight and we must fight with the word of God. The problem is that we as Christians have often been trained in our lives because we're not used to offensive fighting at all. We're not used to thinking of scripture as, as using it offensively. We have typically trained ourselves to fight against the word rather than with the word. We spend a lot of our, our time wrestling with the word of God, instead of wrestling with our enemies. And you you don't know that's true. How many of you, how many of us, know verses and texts, ideas, principles from scripture that should have changed our lives long ago? And they still haven't. Things that scripture has told us we need to, and we know we need to do it. We know our life should look like this. We know we should parent like this and do this like that and be husbands like this. And We know all these texts. How many times have we read them and our life not changed one bit? Again, it's because we're used to, instead of fighting with the word, we spend our time fighting with the word. Instead of using it against the enemy, instead of listening to God's word using it the enemy, we're just used to hearing God's word and going, "Ugh," and wrestling against it in our own lives. If you're busy wrestling against, you know, it's like we've got the sword, and it's like half the time the sword's just kind of pointed at us, and we're just kind of, Ugh, trying to keep it away. How I mean, How in the world are we ever going to take, I mean, the idea of even taking that sword, using it to slay the enemies of the Lord, I mean, that's so far-fetched, because normally we see the word and we kind of go, "Ugh." Because we wrestle against it. We have trained ourselves to not know how to use it. We've trained ourselves to avoid the word instead of use the word. We've trained Normally what we do when it comes to wrestling with the word of God is we're the ones wrestling against it instead of wrestling our enemies with it. We know the sword though that we have. The offensive weapon at our disposal in the armor of God is the sword of the Lord, is the word of God. So our sword is handed to us. We're supposed to use it. That sword that is the, the word of God, God gives us to it, which, which means when we fight, when we, when we go into battle, God is expecting us to use his word as our weapon. Okay, So you want to fight, right? First thing you've got to do in using the sword is make sure that uh, you're not the one fighting against the sword to begin with first thing you need to do if you're going to take the sword and start to slay God's enemies is make sure that the word of God has slayed you. you make sure that it, that it is that it, that you are not wrestling against what you know from the word, that you're not going out trying to swing the word of God like a hypocrite. But once you know that in your eyes, the purpose of God's word is for me to, to, to be killing sin with this sword, then we start taking that sword and we, we use it rightly. We know the Lord has given us this sword to fight. God is expecting you to use his word as your weapon. And it makes sense for us to use that word for several reasons. So as you're going and fighting evil, how do you fight? You got to use the sword. What sword do I use? What am I going to use to tear down strongholds? What am I going to use to go against the gates of hell? What do we use? What, what, what weapon do we use? And we don't have a, a panoply of weapons out here to sort of choose from. So what we do is we all have one weapon. We've all got the same weapon is the word of the Lord. And it makes sense to use it. It makes sense for you. It's so you're going out and you're figuring out what do I need to do to kill sin in my own life, to kill sin in my family, to, to, to defeat the evil one who tries to bring this on me in my, in my job or, or outside in the world. You know, what, what, do we, what do I do in my state, in my country? What do we do? What do we use? Use the word. Why? Why? Why does it make sense? Well, the first reason is kind of obvious. It makes sense to use the word because that's what God gave you. And right, so the first reason, it makes sense to use the, like, what, what weapon should we use in this battle against sin and darkness, culturally, personally? What weapon should I use? The word of God. Why? Well, because that's what God told you to use. That's what God gave you. If God gave us a sword, if he hands us a sword, it would be foolish of us to not use that weapon. He gives us that weapon because he expects us to use that weapon in the fight. I mean, think of it in terms of war. Can you imagine a general says to you, hey, I have crafted this weapon myself to destroy the enemy. And us go, no, I don't think that's the one for me. You know, I think I'm going to try winsomeness. Uh, you know, I'm just going to try to be really nice. And I think that will eventually, you know, win people over or no, I think I'm I think I think what I'll do to win. I mean, I appreciate the sword, Lord God. Uh, I appreciate you telling me to use the word, but I I actually think that I might win by actually never mentioning the Bible. And then if I never mention the Bible and maybe I just try to get them to start coming to church, uh, eventually they'll just go, you know what? I don't have a lot of friends and there are people there. I'll believe whatever they say, uh, and so you just kind of sort of loser them into the gospel, uh, and that that's not. But I think I think that'll work, Lord. Nah, I think I can. I think I can handle this personal struggle that I've got, Lord. I know I've got this struggle that the evil one's bringing against me, and. And I should be slaying it. And I know the thing that will slay it. You give me the sword of your word and you tell me to kill it with your word. But I think I can, I think I can win this battle with just some good old-fashioned try-hard. You know, I think, I'll, I think I'll just really try. No, I think I, can, I think I can fix my marriage by reading this book by this super popular lady on the Instagrams. I think she's going to have the key to fixing my marriage. I'm going to really spend time reading her 180 pages here. No, I think I can be a better father by listening to this podcast from a really manly man. I think if I listen to this really manly guy, that, that listening to that manliness will fix my marriage. And the sad thing is, we do that all the time. All the time. The biggest reasons Christians are not effective in fighting their sins is they don't fight them with the sword of the word. They never pick it. They'll be in these battles and I've seen it and I've seen it and I've, I've heard it. I've heard you people do it. Uh, you people, uh, because what will happen is people will talk and I'll say, hey, this is what the Bible says," And they'll say, yeah, yeah, but I heard this from my aunt. Uh, and she said this, and I really like the way that sounds. And I'm like, that's not going to kill your sin. Well, how do you know that's not going to do it? Because that's not the word. And God says the thing that kills your sin is his word. Well, I'd really like to start doing this, or I really need to spend more time doing that, or I think if I had this in my life or that in my life, that would really help me quit being so down. Or it help me, me be more happy or, or whatever. I, so I need to add this or that or that. And yeah, if, you, if you're struggling with this sin, you know what you need? What? More of the word of God. That's, what you, that's what's going to kill your sin. I'm not changing your situation. What's going to kill your sin is for you to take how you feel or to take the situation you're in and say, what, how can I use the word of God to kill that and kill it till it's dead? Like, like, like horror movie style. Like not stab it once and walk away until so you turn back and it's gone again. But finish it and then finish it again and again and again. Lop the head off of it like the Goliath that it is in your life. But to do that, you've got to use the word. And that's the problem. We don't use the word. We are willing to use anything else. Be like if we had the weapons out here and the word of God is gleaming like this bright shining sword. A lot of us in our lives are basically doing this. Uh, I don't know. And I just don't feel like the sword's my thing. We choose all these other options and we want to know why our sin's not being killed. We want to know why, man, it doesn't feel like the gates of hell aren't, we're defeating the gates. It feels like the gates of hell are smashing down on me. Instead of destroying strongholds, I think I'm getting more and more strongholds. What's going on? Well, you're not killing the things with the sword that the word has, the the sword that the Lord has given you. You got a problem in your life. You got the evil one coming against you, either in your own heart or through the heart of someone else. You want to, you want to defeat that in a way that brings glory to the Lord? You have to use the word of God. It's the sword he's given you. If you're going to fight, you have to fight with the sword. So the first reason it makes sense is, this is the thing God gave us. Of course it's going to work. God gave it to you. No, In any other situation, you would not say, ah, I don't think I'm going to use what you gave me, God. I think I want to use what I think will work. You'd never do that. So, so don't be fools when it comes to fighting your sin. The Lord has given you a sword. Use it. The second reason is that the sword works really well. And this, God doesn't give you a bad weapon. And just say, all right, I want you to use the sword and then, you know, look over to, you know, Gabriel and say, the sword's not very effective. Sword is actually, so one reason he's used it is God gives it to you. The other reason is it's really effective against sin. Listen to Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. God's word is very effective. Even if you've got something in your life, you might have a sin or a struggle or something the evil one has done and planted in your family or life that it just feels like it's got roots all wrapped around you and it's gone from, from a sin that was a seed to a sin that is a stone to a stone that became a whole boulder in your life. You go, how in the world can I ever, so I can deal with all these other sins, but there's this big boulder in my life that I've known for a couple decades. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know, I think if I even tried to, it's all going to come crumbling down. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle that. And, and so I kind of walk around it or whatever, like whatever it is. Like the Lord, the word of the Lord is like a hammer that will break those things to pieces. So why should you make sure you're using the word of God when you're fighting its evil in your own heart, evil in your life? Why should you use the word in any spiritual warfare that you're facing? Because it works. God gave it to you. Be foolish not to use it. And he gives you something that works really well. It will break anything, any sin in your life. It will not only kill it, to mix metaphors, it will kill it to pieces. It will destroy it. The thing that you feel like is destroying you or has destroyed your life. And you're looking at the next 20, 30 years of your life and you're going, what is my life going to be like? Because I got this big old boulder sitting over me. I've got this sin that has infiltrated my family or infiltrated my heart. I don't know what to do with it. Use the sword of the Lord to kill it, and he will break those things to pieces. Do not be afraid that it has already beaten you, that there is no tool that can overcome what has entered your life, no thing you can do to overcome what the evil one has done to you. Use the sword because it works really well. Like he says, it is like fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Third reason to use the sword. Not only does it give it to us, not only does it work well. uh, The third reason to grab a sword is you better grab a sword because the the enemy certainly has one. The enemy grabs a sword. Now listen to Proverbs chapter five, verses three and four talking about, here's the, the lips of the forbidden woman and and which is which is of course uh, about, you know, uh, for this young man in Proverbs, and we'll talk a little bit about this when we get there uh, in, in Proverbs, but about, about the, the dangers of the forbidden woman of the strange woman, but also of course a, a picture of the dangers of sin just in, in, in general. Listen to what it says. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. We like to talk about the Bible as a two-edged sword. We like to talk about the, how the, the Lord uses this two-edged sword of his word. that's going to come out of his mouth and slay everyone. You know what else, you know what else has a two-edged sword? Sin. One reason you better grab a sword is because sin has a sword and wants to use it on you. And it is a sharp sword. It is a bitter at both ends sword. So you grab a sword, you grab a sword because God gives you a sword, you grab a, you grab a sword because a sword works really well, and you grab a sword because your enemy's got a sword. This isn't a stalemate where you're standing there and he's standing there and you're just kind of standing at, staring at each other. Your enemy is going to take a sword and try and stab you with it, try and kill you with it. It would be wise to pick up a sword as well, especially if your God gives you one and if it works really well. So what does that look like? What does it look like when we do that? Well, if we look at the example of, of Christ, I think we can get a, a good thing. The example of Christ that we mentioned last week, it means going to the Scripture in midst, in the midst of our temptations. Going to the texts. Going literally to the texts. Now, again, th- this doesn't have to, be, have to be audible. It certainly can be of saying, this is what the Lord says. It is written. It is written. It is written. Remember that's what Jesus did in his temptations? Satan offers the temptation. It is written. It is written. And then be gone. It is written. This this is why it is so important for us to have Scripture on hand. And if not on hand, at least be familiar enough with Scripture so that we know what it says and we we know where to find the answer in the middle of our struggle. Because the the Word of God, literally knowing the Bible, is going to help you in your battle against sin. So when Satan comes to you and says, here's a temptation for you to be able to say, it is written. And to know what is written before the battle comes. Jesus doesn't say, hold on one second, let me pull out my scrolls and see what I can tell you about that. And, you know, sort of shuffle, 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 shuffle. You know, type in a word in his, in his concordance to try and, what do I do about this sin? Uh, and hope something comes up. He knows the word. And so he's able to say, it is written. When it comes to the battle against sin, you need to know what the word of God says. You need to know where to find an answer. If you, don't have it, if you don't have it memorized, I'm not talking about just being able to memorize and quote back the word of God, but to know the word of God down in your heart so that even in the midst of battle, you do not forget it. And, and, and as we know, we know when the pressure's on, that's when you forget everything, right? That's when you forget everything, but the thing that you have like muscle-memoried yourself into knowing. But that's what needs to happen with the word of God. So that even in the midst of a battle against the evil one himself, you can know it is written. Because listen, if you don't have that buried deep in your heart, then you're, you're not going to be thinking about it is written in the middle of your struggle. You're not going to be thinking about it is written till you're on the other side of I am dead. You're not going to be thinking about those things. So you've got to get them down. Otherwise, you're just going to be panicky and you're going to be freaking out. And your kids are going to be talking to you and you're going to be doing your face. You're going to go, shut up, all of you. And they're like, Yes, mommy, you know. You're not going to say it is written unless you're like going to quote something about disobedient children, what you can do to them. You're going to be able to do those things in the midst of that battle. You've got to know it and you've got to know it deep in your heart. So you may, if you're in the middle of a struggle, take it. Take the word of God to that battle. If we're going to take the fight to the enemy, then we're going to have to do it on the blade of the Bible. So what does it look like when we're fighting against our sin? The first thing is, is, is quote, Scripture to the situation. Scripture to the situation. Scripture to the struggle. In our, in our, in our battles, uh, th- this can be rephrased. Some, you, you, you've you probably heard me say, and I'm sure someone said it a long time ago, and I don't know who first said it, but I really like it. Uh, don't listen to yourself. Speak truth to yourself. And, and, and I see this problem maybe more than any other. because, because having, Satan, Satan is a deceiver at every level of battle. I mean, he's even got his own troops deceived, if you think about it. So let's put that in the context of our own battles. When you start thinking or feeling things that you know are wrong, you either know they're wrong because they're not true, or you know they're wrong because you shouldn't allow yourself to feel this way. You know they're wrong, they're ungodly, they're not of faith. Well, the Word of God is going to be very important in that fight. You need to measure your thoughts by the Word. If your thoughts or your desires don't line up with the Word then you need to use the word to kill them, to slay them. And he said, what the world's going to tell you to do is what you think or feel is your truth. And if you're not saying what I think or feel must be, I must read that through the lens of Scripture, then you're already going to be losing the battle. The, the, The Scripture says you take what you think or feel and you take the word of God, and if it matches up with the word of God then go with it. But if it doesn't, you kill that thing. If you know it's wrong, if you know it's ungodly, you've got to gotta not just listen to it. The world will say, listen to yourself. The deceiver will say, listen to yourself. I'm sure when he was talking to Eve, he was like, oh yeah, that's good, listen to yourself. Oh, that's good, Eve. Oh, that's good. To know that things are not true and why they're not true, they're not true because the Word of God says it. Either to say, this, this thought is a lie because blank because the word of god says this. And again, this is why you need to be so familiar with it. Not just I know this isn't right because it just doesn't feel like it's very biblical. But to know why it's not biblical. I know I shouldn't feel this way because blank. I know this thought that I'm having in my head is not true because the the it is written this. Or this action that I want to take, I can't take it. Why? It would be a sin. Say, the devil's tempting you, do this, say this, do this action. I will not, because it is written this. So in your spiritual battles, don't listen to yourself. Don't say, oh, that's what I want to do. I, I can't wait to do it. I'm gonna do this. You know, when this when this happens, I'm just finally gonna. But to even go, I'm tempted. That When the next time this happens, I might do this. That's not good. Because the Bible says this. And so you kill it before that time comes up. Because what happens is we go, oh, I am so, if this happens again, (laughs) we think, but I probably wouldn't really do that. And then the next time does happen again, and you didn't slay that sin, you laughed at it. And then you end up doing what you thought you would never have done. And, And then that starts the cycle and you could have slayed this in in the hours and hours between these instances, but you didn't. So take the word of God and use it to, to slay. You got a spiritual battle. Use the word. Speak truth to yourself. This is what the word says. Or you want to talk about an, uh, uh, an, an external foe. In external, you know, maybe one of Satan's evil ones is, is, is touting their lies. You know, you, you're in a, you're in a situation where people are like, uh, all religions are the same, or, uh, abortion, abortion isn't murder, it's healthcare, or, uh, love is love, just whatever it is. You cannot, you, you cannot combat those lies with anything but the Word of God. If you want to beat those lies, you don't, you don't just go, you don't go to pragmatism. You don't just go to, a, to a, a Christian version of what the world is doing. You don't look at statistics or polling or, or science or whatever. If you want to beat those things, you know what you've got to beat them with? The Word of God. So we know we, we, know we beat our internal foes with the Word of God, but we're, we went against external foes with the Word of God as well. It is the Word of God that defeats strongholds. We defeat strongholds by the power of the Word of God. And, and, and the, the same is true with, with, with other external fights as well. Maybe you're in a, in a fight with your wife about something. Well, the first thing you have to do is, is take the word of God to your own heart and see, is this how I should be handling this? So you take the word of God, you're in the situation, you've got to take the word of God to it. Is this how I should be handling this? One, am I wrong? According to God's word, am I wrong? That's really, if you are, then you can go, oops, deal with it there. Use the word of God to say, am I wrong? the word of God says I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. And I need to stop this now because I'm already on the wrong train. I don't need to go four or five cars down before I finally get off of this. Am I wrong? Am I in the right? So am I right but acting wrong? It might be that you were right, that this situation, you were correct in in what you said, and, and, and she should recognize that, but the way you're handling it isn't right. Are you in the right? and acting right but this is not the right time is this a situation that i could i could deal with but but right now it'd be it would be foolish to just try and plow through and solve this right now it would be answering a fool according to their folly right now and i've got to realize that it's not the best time for me to just plow through and give her a 15 point powerpoint on why i'm correct and all the scripture that goes with it even though you might be correct and there might be a lot of scripture that goes with it Now is just not the right time. There is a right time. Now now may not be it. Is this not even really about what we're fighting about? But is this about something else entirely? Is this fight about something that's been festering in our marriage or an issue with the kids or, or, or maybe she's just hungry, right? Or maybe she just had a baby or God forbid both. Right? Uh, she's hungry and she just had a baby. Uh, in which case, why did you walk into that to begin with? The, the word of God is going to answer all of those things. It's going to answer all of those. But we've got to win that fight internally first to even know what the next step is. Is the next step that we're supposed to take in this, is it, I'm sorry? Or is the next, is it, I'm sorry, sweetie? Or is it, or is it that, hey, I'm, I'm actually right, honey. I'm actually right. Or is it, hey, let's both take a breath. Or it could be something like, who wants a hamburger even? Let's just go get something to eat. You're not avoiding those fights. And it it might even be that the the right thing to do in that situation is just not to say anything at all. To know the answer, to rightly evaluate the situation that you're dealing with, this external fight. We just give you the example of this this problem in your marriage. I'm assuming that some of you might have had one of those before. To know the answer, to rightly evaluate the situation, you have to filter it all. Every step through the lens of God's word and your obligations. Every step of what you do or say or think, you must filter through the word of God. Not just the first step. Not just the, I'm right. blah, You know, just like, let's burn it all down. Not just that. Every single step. In this battle. Because the battle with Satan, it's not just that he is gonna one time thrust and go, oh, I blocked that. He was ready for that one. Let's come back next week. No, it's gonna be parry, 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 thrust, parry, parry, all these things. Over, over, over. You've got to have the word of God on at every single level. Because if you don't, that will be the level that crumbles. That'll be the level that brings it all down. That'll be the domino that rocks it all. So, because it's a war, it's a fight. It's not just a fight, it's a fight. It's part of the fight. You have to take the word of God to everything. Everything you think, everything you say, everything you do must be filtered through the sword of God's word if you want to kill the evil that is coming against you. And the evil that's coming against you isn't them. It's not them. It's the evil one. If you want to win that fight, you've got to use it. Every step of the way it has to be the word of the Lord. But again, one of the problems we run into, even if we want to arm up and use God's word, is that we are so unfamiliar with it. Oh man. Got so much. Who cares? I'm going. Okay. Uh, we're, so, we're so unfamiliar with it. To fight well, you've got to be familiar with the, the, the word of God, and you've got to get familiar with it outside of combat. This is our problem. We normally don't think about how little Bible we know until we really need the Bible. And then we go, I don't know what to say. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. We've got to get familiar with the word of God outside of combat. You've got to test the word of God. You've got to test that armor before the battle. The problem we run into is we know we're supposed to use the sword, but when we grab it for the fight, we don't know how to wield it very well. We haven't wielded it the whole time. There have been days and, and and whatever we haven't really even picked it up. And so then it's like, ah, oh, I better use the word. And we grab it and we're like, oh, you know, trying to use it right. And we've just got no proficiency for it because we don't use it. We try and only use it in combat. And you've got to become familiar with God's word outside of combat if you're going to use it in combat. This is true of the armor of God and true of the, of the sword of his word. The, the great example, I, I think of this, uh, is the story of, of David and Saul and, and Saul's armor. Because again, the problem is we're just not familiar with our weapons because we haven't been practicing with them. We haven't been testing them. Remember the story in 1 Samuel 17? It says, Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head, clothed him with a coat of mail, and David strapped his sword over his armor. So we got an armor, we got a sword. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested him now somehow we we have turned this story into david being a like a little kid he's like trying to wear his daddy's armor uh and uh, use his daddy's sword but it's all just too big for him His widow david Uh, but that's not what the text is saying at all that's not what david said david doesn't say this is too big i'm a little kid what sort of a weirdo puts grown-up armor on a little kid he doesn't say that what does he say? David's problem isn't the weapons and armor too big. The problem, he says, what does it say in the text? The problem is he hadn't tested them. It actually says it twice that he hadn't tested them. He said, I had not tested them. I haven't tested these. David would not, could not go into battle with this armor and these weapons because he was not familiar with them. David, a mighty man of God, a very proficient warrior, even at this time. Could not go into battle even with these because he wasn't familiar with them. And again, that wasn't some deep lesson. that David didn't say that and then everyone go, oh, that's good. Everyone would go, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's, that's true. It's silly of us. And we've got the same problems uh, as well. We don't use the armor of God well and we don't use the sword well because we're not using them outside of the battlefield. We're not testing them. Well, what would it look like to test them? What do it look like to test these things so that you're ready for the battle? Well, one, you've got to armor up every day, and you've got to get familiar with the sword every day, not just when the battles come. No one's practice is on the battlefield. No one's out there and the war's going on, and they're like, "All right, hold on, I'm going to need to swing my sword a few times to get used to it." So, bad guys, just stay over there. Let me get a few uh, yaws in there, and, okay, come on. I think I got my no. Here, let me practice on some of my friends for a little bit, and then we'll fight. No, no one practices on the battlefield. But as Christians, that's what we try to do. We think I'll armor up when the battle. Oh, it's it's about. I better put on the armor. Oh, it's about. I better. I better get familiar with this sword. You can't do that. I mean, I think in the Lord of the Rings, uh, Denethor, the steward, steward of Gondor, prepared himself for the day of battle by wearing his armor every day, all day, every day. Why did he do that? Because he said when the battle came, he wanted to be ready. He wanted to be used to his armor. He wanted to be strong. He was an old man. He was still wearing his armor every day because he didn't want to grow weak because he never wore the armor. Christian, we've got to armor up every day. We've got to get out of bed expecting a battle to come sometime today. You just don't know when. You've got to take up your Bible every day. You've got to read it every day. You've got to think about it. You've got to practice with it. You've got to wield it. You've got to wield the sword outside of battle. Well, how do you do that? How do you practice it? When you read, Christian, read for war. I want you to do that. When you read in your Bibles, read for war. Read as if it is a preparation for battle. It is not devotional reading. We've gotten so pietistic in our understanding, even of the Word of God, that it just becomes devotional reading. It's not. You know what it is? It's sword sharpening. It's armor polishing. So when you're reading, be thinking: What battle will these verses help me with in the future? Because this is a sword that I'm looking at. It's not a flower. It's not a love letter. It's it's a sword. Again, we often read looking for verses that, that help us in the right now battles, but we, we need to read for battle readiness. We need to read so that we can quickly deploy the appropriate word of God in particular situations. And if you're going to know what verse to, 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 to pull out in those situations, as you're reading, you need to be thinking, this verse can be used in that situation if it ever comes up. You need to be, read, you need to be reading for war. So when you're reading a passage, and it has to do, let's say, with marriage, you can start thinking of that passage with a wartime footing. How can I use this verse as a sword? What temptations will this help me fight? How can I use it to help others fight? I'm reading this verse. How how could I use this verse in my marriage? How could I use this verse with the kids? How could I use this verse in my home? Whatever it is, be thinking of, be reading the word of God as you're reading it for war. So if you're going to fight well, if we're going to kill our sins and our temptations, then we have to use the right equipment and we have to use the right equipment the right way. Armored up so that we can go into the fight and plunge the sword of God into the heart of Christ's foes. Let's pray. Christian. Use the equipment God has given you. Armor up every day. Be ready for work every day. Ask yourself right now, even if you need to tell the Lord, tell the Lord, confess to the Lord, Lord, I don't armor up every day. I don't, I, Lord, I am not familiar with this equipment. I don't use the sword unless it's a battle. I don't think about preparing for the battle. I just think about, oh, no, I'm messing up in the midst of the battle. Confess to the Lord you're, you you just are not familiar with the equipment. And ask him to help you be familiar with it. Admit that you've panicked in particular situations because you just haven't known what to do. You just didn't know what to do. The reason you haven't known what to do is you just weren't ready with the weapons. You weren't ready. I mean, you know, the Bible stories, you know, general truths, but you're not able to say it is written, so I will not think this. It is written, so I will not do this. You just weren't ready. And some of you have been Christians for a long time. You've been soldiers for a long time, but you're that soldier who has, who's gone through the military and fired one bullet. And you're a soldier. You're in these battles, and you've, you've lost a lot of battles. You're just not familiar With the sword, and you can't just train yourself in the midst of the struggle. You need to know the Word of God. Christian, the more words you know, the longer the reach of your sword and the sharper its edge. The more words you know, the, the longer that verse that you know, the more issues that will reach into and the sharper it will pierce what you struggle with. The more of a fire and a hammer it will be. And I know, I know we, we like to say, we like to say, well, I, I can't memorize scripture. I can't, listen, I, I don't even think memorization is the answer here. I'm just, I'm just talking about starting off with just daily usage, just being familiar with it. I mean, you can have, have the whole Bible memorized and still not know how to use that Bible in particular fights. But the more you read through your Bibles, the more familiar we get with the, the stories and the lessons, the more prepared you'll be to pull those lessons out of your memory banks. You Got to know the word of God. but Christian, right now, I want you to go to God. I want you to rejoice. I want you to rejoice because this all works. It all works. And it all works because God has richly supplied you. If you remember that, then you will never feel abandoned or ill-equipped for any battle that might come your way. Never. So rejoice. You've got exactly what you need. Exactly what you need, not just to make it, but to win. And it comes from the hand of your Father. Father, we thank you today. And Father, I'm so thankful that you have equipped us and you've given us these things and told us about them. And Father, I know that, Lord, there are oftentimes that we are negligent. We are so negligent because our lives are so good. There are just these, these moments of struggle, these moments of temptation, these things that we, that we try to battle and we, 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 don't, we don't handle it well, but you've so blessed us that, that not handling it well in this situation oftentimes doesn't just bring our lives crashing down on us. And so because of that, because of your grace, we've allowed ourselves to be slothful to assume that no battle will bring us down. No battle will have last, lasting consequences. And we've become foolish. We're not taking up what you've given us. We're not using it. We're settling for all these other things to try and solve our problems. We're becoming more familiar with other people's ideas than your word. We've got hours and hours and hours of listening to someone else talk about a, a particular subject or situation, but not hours and hours and hours of listening to what you say, sharpening the sword so that it might reach and slay. Father, help us to, help us to, to, to know that if we're going to fight, we have to use the right equipment. And we're fighting God, we're fighting. And we just be fighting right, and the way we fight right is to use the things you've given us to fight, to use your armor, to use your sword, and to use it well, because we've familiarized ourselves with it outside of battle, outside of combat, so that we might wield it for your glory and for our good.